Let me start by addressing the elephant in the room. I have changed my Instagram name to at Courtney Brame underscore. Obviously, Courtney Brame is a pretty popular name, so I had to put some type of modification to it. <laughs> uh, it's my dad's name. Um, and it's somebody else's, too, because I like wrote at Courtney Brame because that's my cash app. And she messaged me and was like, hey, um, this isn't me. Can you please? I was like, oh, my bad. I didn't even realize it did that. So I had to, um, yeah, go ahead and undo that post but my cash app is at courtney brame i'm the original as well as my venmo um so if you do want to donate to something positive for positive people and support the efforts of advocating for sex positive pleasure positive identity validating and um anti-stigmatizing healthcare, then you can do that. Now, if you're listening from outside of the country, outside of the United States, you can donate via um, PayPal. Uh, the PayPal is just slash SPFPP, or you can join our Patreon. Same thing, something positive for positive people. So uh, yeah, I had that like Tony Stark, Iron Man, Courtney Brame, H on my chest moment where I realized that being age on my chest, um, like I've reverted to that. If you watch any superhero movie, then you see like the uh, superhero and then the person who isn't the superhero, right? Like uh, Black Widow was a great example of someone who was always in character. Uh, Hawkeye, another one, like they didn't have a mask. They were humans. They made their mistakes. They were flawed. They were also badasses as they are, were and they were that all the time. Whereas uh, the Incredible Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner's Bruce Banner. He can't handle some things that the Hulk can handle. Tony Stark, he was in a dire situation of being held captive by mercenaries and they wanted him to build weapons. He ended up making himself a suit in order to get out of that situation. And that became his identity uh, for Iron Man 1, 2, 3, and then uh, the infinity wars uh, <laughs> avengers right um so these are just a couple of examples but I, I caught myself doing that like i reverted to the identity of something that i created which is much more limiting than it is for me to just be myself and when i had the realization that i'm the person who created h on my chest so what does it mean to be that person like, who is that person who made H on my chest? Who is Courtney? I didn't have an answer to that. I have so much more practice being H on my chest, wearing my alter ego, my persona, my my roommate is making a smoothie right now. It'll only be about 45 seconds or so. But uh, you should still be able to hear me fine. And if you can't, I apologize. But who am I outside of being H on my chest. And this was something that I've been working to just integrate and in integrating it, I recognize that I just have so much more practice being a sexual health educator, being in the space of sex education and uh, having like the absorbed the information and knowledge and belief systems and behaviors of people that I've only interacted with on social media and not in real life. And I recognize the cognitive dissonance between me as Courtney in real life versus 
me as H on my chest in real life versus me as H on my chest on social media. And there would be times where like lines would get crossed between a person that there's mutual attraction, there's mutual curiosity, mutual interest. And I'm being H on my chest when I need to be Courtney, but I don't know who Courtney is. So I'm just being H on my chest. And I think that it comes off as real like robotic in a way. So uh, I've been proactively putting myself in situations to be Courtney and figure out who Courtney is and not just in the context of or in the uh, presence of a relationship or with someone who I'm attracted to. It's been me going out on my own. So I'll give you this past weekend, for example, on Friday, I went to a concert. Uh, this DJ, Frankie Wah was in town, W-A-H, and he performed at this EDM club that I'd never been to. The tickets were like 15 bucks, so I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that, and I went, and uh, I didn't drink there. I had like a couple of shots before I left the house just because that's what I'll do. Like, I'll pregame and then not spend money out, so I took the bus on over, and I was there, and (laughs) I was battling this internal dialogue with myself between I need to leave at the time of the last bus or I can leave when I'm ready to leave. So leaving with the last bus, I wouldn't have had to pay. I have a bus pass. But if I left when I wanted to leave, I would have had to Uber home or I would have had to walk like four miles. I wasn't going to do that at 1 a.m. So um, I decided to stay. And while I was there, I got there early. The show didn't start until 10, 8, 10 p.m. was when uh, opening DJ came. But at midnight was when the DJ came. I was sitting down on the bench and there was this lady, probably three people over from me. And she was just by herself. I was on my phone. I was texting. Uh, well, I wasn't texting. I, I thought I was about to get some. So I was on uh, uh, Tinder. And I was messaging someone and the conversation seemed to be going really well. So I was like, "Ooh, I'm invested in this. I'm invested in this. So meanwhile, I've got this woman who's sitting about three people away from me that I could have just struck up a conversation with. And I chose not to. And this is one of the things in my life. Like I'm very I don't have like a whole lot of fears about anything. Um, Obviously, like I don't want to. I'm going to not get hit by a car if I can avoid that and avoid like things that could kill me. Yes. But um, I caught myself avoiding the potential for rejection here only to have it happen where I gave more of my focus. So I wasn't being present to where I was in the environment. I was very like goal oriented in the sense of I was trying to get some. I had the house to my weekend or I had the house to myself this weekend. My roommate was out of town and yeah, I could have been as loud as I wanted to. I was excited about that. So um, I matched with someone on Tinder and in her bio, it just says men are trash. So we matched and I was like, oh, okay, well, if we matched, there must be something there. So I just messaged her and I was like, you know, garbage is a little more sophisticated than trash is. Like, I I prefer to be addressed as such. And she thought that was funny. So we were texting. I asked her, you know, what brings you to the dump then, you know? And um, a little bit of back and forth. And she eventually inquires on my sex education because I have like I, I work in sex education on my bio. And she said, you know, without getting sexual or anything like that, you know, can you tell me a little bit about that? I was like, oh, well, here's what it is. This is what I do. I teach uh, medical students to give genital exams uh, at a university here. And I also like teach 
educators how to educate youth about sex without talking about sex. And she was so like fascinated by that. She inquired on that part because she said she was looking for a nonprofit to work with to educate the youth that she works with. So I approached her about it in a way that was like, okay, you know, this is Tinder. I'm on Tinder for the sake of being on Tinder. So are you. We matched. So now we're talking about business where where's the line? Can you do both or what? Because I, I mean, my pleasure is business and business is my pleasure. Right. So um, she said she was like, oh, well, yeah, we can do both. I don't see why not. Why can't we do both? And um, she, she seemed excited about learning more and getting to know me. I was like, all right, well, since you are cool with this, here's the website, spfpp.org. And uh, she mentioned uh, like talking about it more on our first date. So I was like, oh, I'm typing the uh just go through the next steps of what the date is and the messages disappear. If you use Tinder or any day nap and your messages just abruptly disappear, usually you've been blocked or you've been unmatched and you just cannot connect with that person anymore. So I have to make the assumption that because I sent her my website, eventually she got to the about page and she saw that I had herpes before I got to tell her. I don't have my herpes status in my Tinder bio. I have it on my field bio. I have a voice prompt on Hinge and I have a prompt on Bumble uh, that lets people know something in relation to me and herpes and that I'm connected to it. But it's also something that I address after the fact too, like just because it's in my bio doesn't mean that a person read my bio. So I'm very mindful of that. Um, but yeah, she just unmatched like right away. And after, uh, like me thinking that she was invested and engaged and I was invested to the point where I wasn't present with what was happening around me. So there's this lady. And even throughout the night, I noticed that she was like in proximity, even as we were dancing. And it just felt like no time was a better time to have spoken to her than initially when she was just sitting by me. And I could have just been like, hi, I'm Courtney. And that that has never failed me to this day. I just use it so sparingly that I like the fact that it's undefeated. <laughs> I'm undefeated with hi, I'm Courtney. Um but I got to let that go. And I again, I allowed myself to be pulled out of the present moment because I I had a motive, you know, and that's what it was. I thought that my odds were better on Tinder than they were in real life. And that's not the case. That's some H on my chest shit because I'm more comfortable with being H on my chest on the Internet than I am being Courtney in real life. And I I know I can't be the only one that's dealing with that, uh, especially with the way that <clears throat> we demonstrate love, the way that we stay connected to people through sending memes to each other online and that being like our uh, substitute of physical connection or contact or even like a phone call or text messages or check-ins. You know, if I send you this meme, I made you laugh and you're in a good mood, we can have an exchange about this. Ah, good moods, oxytocin, dopamine, whatever, chemical serotonin, whatever it is that you produce when you feel good connecting with another person. And I'm, I'm over that. I'm honestly over that. Uh, being the way of connecting like yeah it's one thing to be able to stay in contact for like a frequency but um 
it, it, it doesn't carry the same value. And just because we send memes to each other, that doesn't mean that we're friends. It just means to me that you like the person that I present myself to be online in relation to who you are online. So maybe like people use it to just feel better about themselves being online or not having an in-person uh, social life or encounters as much as they would like to. And I'll also like give this too. you know, uh, we are still in the pandemic and where depending on where you get your information from, COVID surges are spiking. But like this isn't new to me. I, having herpes for I'm actually going on 10 years. I thought it was nine. But um Having had herpes for 10 years now and hearing things like STI cases are on the rise and knowing that, you know, there are things that you can do to prevent transmission and there are things that are just completely unavoidable. Mistakes are made. Everyone is as careful as they can be and that things are still going to happen. Like that's that's kind of where my mindset is. Like I'm very much parallel in my understanding of navigating COVID with navigating STIs. You know that you're going to do a thing that's risky. So if you're going to have sex, it's risky. If you're going to go out to a festival or dancing, it's risky. Um, but uh, I, I don't I don't want my like identity in my life to, you know, be on hold because I know people who are still waiting on a herpes cure who've been like, oh my God, there's going to be a cure. They're so close. There's a vaccine. I've been hearing this since even before I had herpes, that there was going to be a cure. There was going to be a vaccine. And then I got herpes and I started working on myself. The obsession that I could have had on a cure became me working aggressively on myself. And I became the kind of person who was capable of creating the persona H on my chest because of that self-work, because of that uh, seemingly addiction, I would say. Like, I think that many of us have an inherent addiction or addictive personality. We can blame whatever substance uses from parents. We can blame societal pressures and the media and influences and all of that. But at the end of the day, I think we all have an internalized drive for self. And that that drive for self, if we're distracted, can be applied to drinking. It can be applied to partying. It can be applied to sex. It can be applied to drug use. It can be applied to workaholism. But when we direct that within ourselves, I think that we get much of a we get a more healthy sense of our identities. We get more pleasure out of life. And I, I say pleasure in life in a way that uncouples it away from sex exclusively. So yes, if we are selfed in that way to where we are self-prioritizing, then yeah, we're going to get more pleasure out of the things that we uh, immerse ourselves in. We get more pleasure out of our relationships, more pleasure out of just waking up in the morning, more pleasure out of our workouts, more pleasure out of our meals, more pleasure out of the work that we do more pleasure out of the rest that we take for ourselves and my ass is up in this club where people are socializing likely like-minded in the sense of wanting human connection and to be talked to and I'm with someone who's clearly by herself and I didn't even talk to her because I was so caught up in being uh h on my chest 
like more comfortable with that rather than getting the practice being coordinated. Could that lady have rejected me or rejected my approach? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, like this was a person who was there, human connection was on the table and I wasn't present to that. So I, I really chalk up a lot of the uh, issues and rejections that I've experienced to just not being present and not being present in the sense of having herpes on the back of my mind most of the time. Because, I mean, I can't say it wasn't there. Like, oh, you know, what if things do go well? What if I do take this woman home and I got to tell her I got herpes and she's not okay with it? Not, all right, well, what if, you know, we get up out of here earlier? We like the conversation. DJ comes out. We dance a little bit to that first beat, drop, make out, leave in her car because she drove. And that way I don't have to pay for an Uber. And then we go back to my house. I tell her I have herpes. And she's like, oh, my God, me too. And I just got tested recently. And I'm available. And then we have sex for the entire weekend. Like, I didn't think about that. I was just like, man, this girl on Tinder. And then girl on Tinder rejects me. That should have been reason enough for me to go and talk to this person who was in front of me. But I, I didn't. And I let my own lack of practice being myself keep me away from having the potential type of interaction that I wanted to have. Now, another thing is that I've set the intention of making more friends here in Portland, Oregon. One of those, uh, and that came to be because I did say later, I missed my last bus. I had to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom to pee and there was this other black dude there. Kind of looked like Wiz Khalifa. The guy, he had dreads, he was tall, he was skinny, and he was, he was dressed, he was dressed like pretty well. Um, like, like he was like in hip hop culture, let me say that. And, um, so he, I said, what's up to him in the bathroom? And then he invited me to his, uh, after party. I was like, hell yeah. So I got his number. We shot the shit a little bit, found out he was from, uh, the Midwest and then grew up in the South. Um, he was born in the Midwest and grew up in the South. So we got the, we got to connect. I got his, uh, number. And then not too long after that, I left, I went and I got some food at like one, whatever. And then, um, came to the after party and just got to meet some people. There were some of the people who were at the EDM place who came to the after party that I was dancing next to and didn't speak to. And they had drugs and they had a good time. <laughs> and I just wasn't present to that. But when I was present to my intention of making more friends, this happened. So that was real cool. And um, I didn't stay all night because I had to get up the next day and go floating, which one of the uh, someone that I interviewed on the podcast, I just happened to reach out to. Um, and she was like, oh, well, we're going floating. We got room if you want to join. And I was like, you know what? Yes. What do I need to bring? So I was able to come and we went to the grocery store before I got like some sushi before um, I got a couple bags of potato chips and this big sandwich that's normally like eight dollars. It was three ninety nine. It was huge. So I got it for like everybody. And I also got some fruit. Um, so I brought this uh, with me floating and then we all go on the water. I think it was, it was six of us, six or seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. It was six of us. Yeah. And um, yeah, like being present. I was there and had great conversations. I got to have some human time. I was on the water. Uh, I shared my sandwich and my chips and people shared their things that they contributed. We won't go into too many details about what those things were. Um, and yeah, we just had a good time and I, I made some friends uh, who like doing camping, floating, outdoor stuff. And that was so cool to me. And then um 
I had plans already booked like a comedy show for that night. Now, I was exhausted because we went floating was probably from I had to go from I went to uh, the gym at eight. And then I went to my friend's place at about 1030 to get ready for the to get picked up. And then we went to the grocery store and then we got on to the river probably about noon. And then I got back home at about 6 p.m. I took a shower and then I took my ass a nap because I had to be at this comedy show at 10 that I had RSVP for. It was so hard for me to get up and go to this, but I made it. <laughs> I got dressed. I made it. I went and um, it was real good. Uh, and I met someone there too. A guy that was sitting three seats away from me this time instead of my left, like the woman from the EDM concert, it was over to my right. And he said, I like your shirt. And that was the initiation of a conversation. Um, we were talking, I told him what I did. He told me what he does. And, uh, after the show, we ended up exchanging phone numbers and unfortunately we couldn't meet today because I had a podcast recording and I got to pick my friend up from the airport. We were going to go and have coffee. I don't like coffee, but, uh, I, I will like eat food <laughs> so uh yeah I'm just I'm not a coffee person at all and uh I guess now that I'm, I'm saying this out loud like dating and uh like vetting for friendship are very similar and even though they're different they're obviously different but they're they're very similar because you have an intention with dating you have an intention with friendship and I think a lot of times in dating, people don't really know what they want. They're just like looking for a connection. And it's the same thing with uh, friendships. Like, I don't really know what I'm looking for. I'm just like not wanting to be by myself. And I spend a lot of energy pursuing partners, dating and trying to have sex. Like, I'm not doing that here. I want to put that energy into having experiences platonically, going to do stuff, getting invited to things and having people to invite to things that I'm interested in. So, uh, yeah, we, we connected on Saturday night. And then uh, on Sunday, I rested for the morning. But there was a um, a rope class at this sex club here. And I got to go and I went and um, I brought my rope just in case. I didn't know what I was in for. Um, I got there right on time when it started. I got a seat and I was just chilling. I was uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it, it, it felt like, you know, people all knew each other and I, I didn't know anyone. I saw a guy who I thought I'd seen before when I went to like a game night there. Uh, and he was with his, this woman and I was like... I cannot remember his name. And it, it wasn't weird to me that he didn't say hi to me because I'm sure like he could have been thinking a number of different things. But um, for me, it's like I don't want to come off as like, especially in this space, being that black dude that thinks all white people look alike. So I want to mistake him for somebody else. I was like, dude, I think that's him. And I didn't confirm it until he came and like sat close to me. And I just asked. I was like, I cannot remember your name if that was you from the game. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's me, Alex. And I was like, oh. And he said it in a way. It was like, oh, no, bro, like, you, you ain't tell me. And Alex wasn't his name. I'm, like, using that as an example. But uh, I was like, damn, you couldn't have said hi. <laughs> so I said hi to him. Um, but I, I met two other people. So someone recognized me from something. She couldn't remember what. 
and I just assumed it was a podcast. So we, um, we, she sat by me and we were there for the class. We got to tie each other up and practice on each other. She had another friend and it was real cool because we got to talk about things like, uh, race play and how things that we don't even identify as being race play, being race play, um, like being a bull, being a cuckold or hot wifing, queen of spades, these things. I was like, whoa, like this is really cool to be able to have this kind of conversation. And um, I'm not gonna say there was any like initial sexual attraction because we're there for this thing. And it's, it's like, we're here for rope. And that was like the mindset that I adopted coming into it. I'm here for the rope stuff. And, um, some of the people there were real friendly. They were helpful. They were like, hey, you know, here's how you can do that a little bit better. So there was uh, an instructor who was demonstrating on her uh, her pet. Like, I, I won't go into too many details. I don't want nobody to find out that I'm, like, talking about this stuff and um, being too specific. So, like, I'm throwing off dates and using different names or not using names at all. Um, but it was cool because I finally got to tie somebody up and not just at the wrist or the ankle. Like I, I really got to I got to make a harness. That was really cool. And I, I did it a couple of different times in a couple of different ways. But it's such a difference between just like tying the knots and then actually having a body because it can it is a very sensual experience between um preventing the person from getting rope burn or from having that friction or impact on them and like the person that I tied up or one of the people that I tied up because <laughs> I tied up a few people <laughs> uh was just in a, a trans and I, I like I guess it was just like this subspace thing and I just like checked in periodically because I learned like some stories about checking in more frequently than what you would think and she was just like in the zone like just enjoyed being tied up and it felt so good to just like have an experience doing to someone that something that I'm learning that I'm really into to someone who is really into it and knows that they're really into it so the dynamic there is unlike anything else that I can say I've experienced but to just like have that knowing of I like to do this thing to someone and someone else being like, I really like having this thing done to me. And when it's communicated, I thought that um, that created uh, like an intensified, pleasurable experience. And that was pleasure. The pleasure for me was being able to give in the way that I wanted to give to someone who can receive in the way that they like to receive and from a person who is giving and capable of doing so in that way. Now, granted, I only tie a single column tie um, and a, a harness. These are the only two things that I did because that's that's all I know. Like, I'm, I'm good at that now. Like, I feel good about this. I want more practice at it. And then I'll be able to get into the restraint stuff. And then I did like the, um, I forgot the name of it, but the leg tie where uh, if you're sitting on the floor on your butt, you bring your heel in towards your glutes and then like you get tied at the ankle and then around the thigh and then like you can't straighten your leg i forgot what it's called ah but i'm 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 learning i'm getting there um what else happened but yeah that was my weekend like i socialized i got to meet um the guy from the edm place i met the guy at the comedy show and then i met these two women at um 
the the rope class and it was so cool that like I don't know that I would have approached anybody and been like hi I'm Courtney like you can we tie each other up um but she saw me and recognized me from where she recognized me from. It was podcast related, but it wasn't my podcast. It wasn't my nonprofit. It was a, a thing I was a guest on that she just so happened to have like listened in on and remembered me from. So that was really fucking sweet, man. And I'm I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but I, I share all of this because this is me practicing being Courtney. I'm going to EDM concerts, which I like. I'm going to sex clubs, which I like. I'm doing shit. Like, I, I can't swim, but I'll go to the river. I'll go to, you know, places that I feel safe or comfortable. I shouldn't have said that. I can't swim well, all right? Like, I don't want nobody leaving here like, oh, black people really can't swim. No, it's not that. I can get from point A to point B. Point B just can't be too far away. And yeah, that that's it. That's my only reservation. Okay, water I can stand up in. I'm I'm all about it. Uh, water that, um, like I can see the shore from and probably get there in two minutes. I can do that. <laughs> Anything else? Ah, give me a floaty. Give me a floaty. And I might be alright. Um, but yeah, these these have been pleasant experiences of practicing being Courtney. And I mentioned this whole process of self, of uh, uncoupling your identities from things that you've want that once served you, but now don't. And allow that to be what brings your journey inward to decide what your values are and be able to intentionally go back out into the world. But Consciously, it's like a, a rebirth, redoing. You know, we have that expansion unconsciously, and then we have our awakening, and we kind of come back, we unlearn things, we realize what doesn't work for us, and then bam, we expand again. But from a place of knowing uh, or having a better understanding about what does work for us, right? Um, I started a men's group. It's uh, viewing masculinity through a lens of vulnerability. Once I get a space secured, I'm going to um, go ahead and have us, I'm going to plan for our first meetup and be able to get together for that. Because uh, I think that it's important for me as Courtney to answer those questions that I had for myself when I picked up my journal. When I went back home, I found my old journals from 2015. And that was one of the things that I was looking at. Like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be masculine? What, is, what does it mean to be Courtney? So I'm using masculinity as a pathway of reconnecting to self, that essence of what connects us all together, of what we might have just forgotten was there. And I think that that's the awakening process once we start to um, identify who we are at our core, our values, what's important to us. And then we begin to expand back out into the world consciously. We're bringing that essence, that presence with us. So I'm, I'm in the process of being aware and able to become more present to what's going on. Uh, but clearly after this weekend, like I'm, 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 I'm shifting. I'm, I'm there-ish. Uh, but it's practice. It, it takes practice. Um, I'm prioritizing practicing presence as a way of being myself because I I know who H on my chest is, but I can't say that about Courtney. Courtney created H on my chest. Courtney founded something positive for positive people. Like if somebody were to ask me who I am right now, I can't answer that. I can't meaningfully uh, and truthfully answer that. I'd be able to say, I don't know. But also like there's part of me that thinks to myself, you know, well, is that something that can be answered? 
You know, like, you don't want to look at somebody in the eye and say, I'm God. Like, that look at you crazy and think you're the most arrogant <laughs> person in the world. But essentially, like, that's what we are at that core, at our essence. Like, we are all um, essence of the source that once connected us all. And we still have that, like, energetic, emotional connection uh, between us all, all of us. It's just a matter of, you know, who's willing to cut through the superficiality, the... Um, perceptions of reality and how we're supposed to interact with each other in order to interact with each other. So that's where I'm at. Like I'm making the attempt to do that by uncoupling my identity as H on my chest from Courtney, because Courtney is more than H on my chest. H on my chest has very limited, um, as, as infinite as he seems like he's very limited in his capacity and what he can do. You know, that's my, that's my suit. That's my Iron Man suit. That's my Hulk out. That's my Captain America shield. You know, take that away from me and I'm I'm still me. But having that identity serves its purpose. It, it has meaning. It's it's important to some people. Um, but I think that it's more important for me to be Courtney than it is for uh, like it is just the same way that it has been for Tony Stark to be. Um, for Iron Man to be Tony Stark and uncouple his identity from that because Tony Stark got the Infinity Stones and made the device that switched it out with Thanos and he made the sacrifice. He snapped his fingers. He gave his life away in order to restore things the way that they were. Iron Man couldn't have done that. Iron Man would have shot projector blasts like Iron Man fought Thanos and lost. Tony Stark fought Thanos and won. Damn, that's a, that's some deep ass shit right there, ain't it? <laughs> oh, I love animation and cartoons, superhero stuff, anime, because it, it, it speaks to my soul and it really very much aligns with my identity, who I am, who I believe myself to be. Uh like a hero. I really I really do resonate with that. Like um, I, I joke about the H on my chest being for herpes, hype, and hope. I mean, which it, it is and can be, depending on the recipient of what H on my chest is. But for me, man, it's a hero. H on my chest was the hero that Courtney Brame needed when he was diagnosed with herpes. That that 23, 22-year-old version of myself that was positive for herpes, man, needed this. I needed H on my chest. And I was incapable of navigating the world in the the way that I was. And for those four years until H on my chest became H on my chest, like, I didn't have confidence. My herpes diagnosis took that away from me. And here I am now, 10 years later, and I'm mad. I'm, I'm fucking pissed that I allowed for this to take so much of my life from me. And I look at the pandemic and I'm just more pissed. I'm re-pissed because here we are two years, two and a half years later, and it still impacted my life. And the last two and a half years, to be completely honest, have done more for me than the entire 10 years that I've been diagnosed with herpes. And what I mean by that is, <clears throat> I felt like 
the years that I spent, you know, being afraid, not dating, getting to this point. It took me 10 years to get to this point. So I'm going to say like 10 years of my life were taken away from me because of my herpes diagnosis. And I'm at peace with that now. Two years of my life of the of the 10 years of that have been taken away from me in the sense of being able to connect with other people uh, in the ways that I was on the trajectory of. Like I had opportunities that were on the table. I had people who I was interested in connecting with and getting to know. And like, it just changed things. That's it. Like it, my herpes diagnosis changed things and the pandemic changed things. But all for the right, you know, reasons, um, ever since the pandemic started, I was able to get my uh, therapist. I've been in therapy for two and a half years. I took a little bit of a break for financial reasons, but um, I've been consistently in therapy, I can say, for aside from two, three months, three years, almost, almost. No, it's it's two and a half. I don't want to say three years because I'd be rounding up too much. But man, how helpful it's been, how supportive it's been, how I've been able to connect with myself as a result of having a safe space to just like talk through these emotions and why I feel the way that I feel and obtaining language to things that I never had language to changed my life, changed the life of Courtney, not changed the life of H on my chest. And with Courtney's life being changed, the hero that H on my chest has become, you know, has has served its purpose. H on my chest has served its purpose. And it's time for Courtney Brain to serve his. You know, I, I look up and I moved here to Portland, Oregon. Courtney did that. You know, H on my chest, just be online. H on my chest receives the messages, has these resources out there. But Courtney is a person who talks to these people, who hypes them back up, who gives them hope, you know, who um, who offers them healing. Their hero. I'm my hero. H on my chest was my hero. And I hope that, you know, Courtney can continue to be yours. But also, Courtney got to practice being Courtney. And I look, I'm looking at my wall. I have every check that I've gotten here in Portland, Oregon from uh, something positive for positive people. Just as a reminder, you know, Courtney's doing this. Like the most recent one was a $5,000 check from the funding that I got when I moved out here. And that is like, Courtney did that. H on my chest is very like H on my chest is for the people who have herpes. Like he was there for me the way that I needed him to be there. Courtney is the business person. <laughs> H on my chest can't run no business. Courtney can. And I, I forget that. Like I need these reminders. I need this practice. And my confidence is so much more uh, like the insecurities that I had. I had an insecurity about my finances and an insecurity about just not knowing what I, I don't want to say I don't know what I want. It's more so not knowing what I can have because of my financial situation, like not knowing what things are going to look like. I didn't know where I was going to be living really. Like I thought that my living arrangement was much more short term, um, but it, it's not like I'm here. I'm here and I'm thriving. Courtney's thriving. And H on my chest, again, 
while it served its purpose, he served his purpose, Courtney is going to be the one to carry this thing further. Like how I got here is not going to be how I stay here. So it's it's much bigger than me. It's much bigger than social media. It's much bigger than the podcast. And one of my board members, Elise, she's been saying this to me from day one. She's like, Courtney, it's not just a podcast. You got to think bigger than the Instagram account. Think bigger than social media. Think bigger than the podcast. And that was when I realized because I, Courtney, got this job as um, a, a, a um, what do I call it? The as someone who gives genital who teaches genital exams to medical students, and that's Courtney. Courtney did that, and now like I want to teach healthcare professionals how to take a sexual history and give them the practice to do so on sex educators. Courtney did that, and the more that I'm like beginning to dissolve the the glasses, the lens of H on my chest, like take off my visor, like when time when Iron Man sees you know Jarvis. When he's in his Iron Man suit, Jarvis is showing him everything that's happening, right? And it allows for him, Tony Stark, to make decisions accordingly. Removing the mask that would be Jarvis, I can theoretically, um, like, see more intuitively, like, what kind of trust did I build with myself through the practice of being H on my chest? Now, how can I practice letting go of that and being Courtney? I encourage y'all to do that. If you haven't already, maybe you can create yourself a persona that can handle uh, rejection, that can handle living with herpes, that can handle all of these, um, everything that comes with that. Or maybe you need a persona to get through the day. Maybe you need a persona to get through work. But know that if you are capable of creating that, that that's not something that you need to live up to. It needs to live up to you. You are capable. You are your own hero. Be your own hero. Be your own hero. Because that's what it was for me. Like, H on my chest, for me, meant hero. H is for hero. And, man, I'm... Uh, like I said, I'm mad that I'm late to the game, but I'm happy to be here. I probably wouldn't have made it to this point without the experiences that I've had leading up to this for me to have this realization. And while, yes, again, like I'm angry, that anger has fueled me. And I didn't realize like all this time I have been mad. I've been mad. And that's why like I go so deep into my self-reflections. That's why I have more than a dozen notebooks full of journal entries. And that's why I brought notebooks back for me to be able to fill in with more journal entries, because that's where my anger has gone. My anger has gone into that. My anger is going to the sex education system and that we need to be better educated about sex, about relationships in order to put myself out of business. I don't want to be doing this shit for the rest of my life. Because that means I haven't done anything. I would love for herpes stigma to just be over with. And this podcast being the resource that it is, I hope that people are able to find what it is that they need and then move on. And then move on as people who are more confident navigating the world, sharing these informational resources and aligning with me and helping me get the opportunities to speak to healthcare providers. All I need is a shot, y'all. I just need a shot. 
give me the give me the chance if you are connected to a healthcare facility that you know damn well could use practice taking a sexual history on people of various identities if you know that your coworkers are stigmatizing you know that they invalidate people's identities if you know that they're not sex positive and they're very like sex negative like hit me up. You can anonymously email me and just tell me who I need to contact, where I need to contact them, and I'll go from there. But I'm offering these simulational experiences for healthcare providers who take a sexual history of patients so that they can practice like not having this uh presumptuous healthcare for heteronormative monogamy culture people because we miss out on giving people the best healthcare that they can get simply by being uncomfortable with talking about things that are uncomfortable like how a person receives pleasure how a person gives pleasure it's not exclusively about intercourse and once we can uncouple intercourse from sex sex from pleasure we are able to in a much more effective way provide the best level of healthcare possible and i think that with that comes the willingness to not just talk about sex but also sex education and sexual health so that people are able to obtain the tools that they need in order to most effectively communicate with partners and keep each other as safe as we can be uh, as we navigate a world where some people just don't know their status, people don't have symptoms, some people do, some people don't care. Like we have to be able to navigate all of these things and we can't just like act like they don't exist or be like, no more stigma, end stigma, we need a cure. Like that's not where my energy is going. My energy is going straight to the source of things that we can do now. So it's about taking action right now. Um, and I'm 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 here. Like I'm I'm here. I'm doing that. And supporting me now looks that way. Supporting me now looks like presenting and giving me these opportunities to put my business in front of healthcare professionals so that we can make for people getting better sexual health histories and uh better information. Like whether you have herpes or not, like you can get involved now. It doesn't, it's not about you outing yourself. You heard about this organization that does this thing. It advocates for anti-stigmatizing, identity validating, pleasure positive healthcare. That's it. That is it. And this includes mental health. If your therapist is sex negative or if you have a sex positive therapist that I need to be connected to, like send these to me. I need these things. Like something positive now has... Uh, gotten to a point where it's a business now, like I'm actually getting donations, I'm actually getting funding, and now I am capable of doing the things that I wish that I would have been doing a lot sooner, which is going straight to the source of stigma, the healthcare field. So that's how you can support me. And if you, um, your organization or you wants to make a donation, uh, you can just hit me up and find out how to do that the best way to uh, make a donation. But if you go to www.spfpp.org, you'll see options for Venmo, Cash App, and uh, how to become a Patreon subscriber. But yeah, I also take checks. <laughs> the organization takes checks. Um, I'm still not paying myself through the organization yet. Uh, this grant that I got, it's $10,000. I have to pay myself because the money is going to the labor of the project that I'm doing. It's a research collection, data collection. And you'll start to hear those podcast episodes as soon as I get. Um, I got two more interviews to do with people in the state of Oregon in order to... Um, 
fulfill the needs of the the project and then bam that'll be a dozen podcast episodes and a report that comes back speaking to um how sex positivity is really playing a role in std prevention like that's essentially it you can follow me on instagram again uh at courtney brame underscore just just my first and last name and then underscore at the end um i'm still h on my chest on twitter and reddit and then on tiktok i'm courtney brame underscore again all right so that concludes this episode if you haven't already please like rate review subscribe to the podcast like getting our numbers up getting the information out there this resource these resources out there like you shouldn't be afraid of people outing you for having herpes anymore like i think that you've listened to enough episodes if you made it here to know that that's not happening it's not a thing like just because you share useful information, one doesn't by default out you. That's our own fears and projections on that. And then two, like it shows support, man. Like how much have you gotten out of this podcast, out of these guests, out of people's efforts to do something to dissolve stigma? And, you know, meanwhile, I can't even get a five star rating out of you. I can't even get a review out of you. I can't even get constructive criticism or feedback. I get people who message me, who don't follow me, who like take on a regular basis, like here, give, give to the cause in a way that is safe. It's safe for you to support uh, an organization that does something that has meaning to you, whether it be direct or secondary or tertiary or even to somebody, you know, like this is my call to action because I'm at a point now where I realize I cannot do all of this on my own. I'm going to keep trying because like I'm a man and that's just like what I do and I'm bullheaded and I'm stubborn as fuck. So I'm going to continue to do what I can on my own until I can't anymore. But y'all can definitely keep me from burning out. Keep me alive a little bit longer if y'all just like make it easier on me. So support Even just by making connections, making recommendations, making suggestions, hitting me with feedback on my blind spots, like all of that is appreciated, y'all. So thank you so much. Um, And yeah, I I hope to continue to interact with y'all and engage with y'all. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the ground running now. Like I'm starting to hit up healthcare providers about this project that I'm doing. And I'm really enthusiastic about it. And if you know somebody at the CDC, hit me up. Till next time, stay pleasure positive.